thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Okay, welcome. If you're, if you're new, if you're not, then we often do sermon series and we've just finished one on the book of Ruth. So that's a bit of a character study as well as the book. And we're moving into about a seven-week uh, series on the book of Proverbs. And, uh, you know, you could read a chapter a day and you've, you've read it in a month. So the book of Proverbs um, is, is a book full of wisdom. So if I said to you, who's wise? Who, put your hand up if you think you're wise. Joel, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Naomi, is that true? No. Okay. Uh, wisdom, somebody once said that wisdom is knowing that tomatoes are fruit, but not putting it in a fruit salad. Okay, wisdom is, I was given a sweet this morning, and the parent said, I think she's licked it. So, so wisdom is not eating this sweet as much as I might like it. I think it would be pretty, pretty risky. What do you reckon? You'd eat it. There you go, okay. It is, it is Laura's daughter, so that's okay. So, um... But when you think of Proverbs, I don't know what you think of, but obviously you might have learned them in English at school, you might have had Proverbs that you learned, you might have had things that you studied. So I want to play a little bit of a game to start off with, is, is this proverb something that's from the Bible, or is it a proverb that's not from the Bible, okay? So we're just going to have a little show of hands, there's no shame in if you get it wrong, okay? No shame if you get it wrong. So, there's some things that are in Scripture that you might think are from the Bible, but not. So here's one, is it in the Bible? Or is it not from the Bible? So live by the sword, die by the sword. Hands up if you think it's from the Bible, based from the Bible. Oh, there's a few people. Hands up. Be confident if you're going to put your hand up. Come on. Right. Hands up if you think it's not from the Bible. Put your hands up if you haven't got hands. I shouldn't ask that really. But <laughs> there wasn't really a show very much there. But it, it looks like the majority of you think it's not from the Bible. Uh, and a lot of people might think it's a Shakespearean quote. But actually, Jesus said himself, when the Garden of the Gethsemane, when Peter pulled out his sword to chop the man's ear off, he said, you know, those that draw the sword die by the sword. So it's a biblical-based quote. Okay, so you were wrong. Well done. Okay, well done, those who got it right. A stitch in time saves nine. Bible, put your hand up. Not the Bible. Okay, that time the majority are correct. It's not from the Bible at all. There are verses that you can use that are similar. What about giving up the ghost? There's a phrase, isn't it? Is it Bible, put your hands up. Hands down, Bible, not Bible. I tell you, the majority think it's always not from the Bible, as if I'm trying to trick you. It actually is. It's from the King James Version when Jesus actually gave up the ghost, if you like, the Holy Ghost. He gave up his spirit when he died, and it's, that's where it's from, um, if you like. Too many cooks spoil the broth. Bible? Not the Bible. Oh, there's a bit more confidence. Yeah, that's not from the Bible. Okay. The early bird catches the worm. Bible? Not the Bible. Okay, right. Yeah, it's not really from the Bible. Although Proverbs 20 verse 13 says, Do not love sleep or you will grow poor. 
stay awake and you will have food to spare. So anyone who's late this morning because they stayed in bed, Proverbs has something to say to you this morning. Do not love sleep. I have to say, sometimes I struggle to get the weight of my duvet off me. But um, yeah, so we start this series in the book of Proverbs, which is a book of wisdom. So if we want to be wise, then we need to look at what God says is wise, surely. And it talks a lot about wisdom, it talks a lot about foolishness, and actually you might read it and think it's just a load of disconnected sentences. So you might just read it and go, well, that verse I can take because that's just a bit of wisdom, and this verse doesn't mean anything to me. But actually, throughout the whole book of Proverbs in the Bible, if you're not sure, it's near the Psalms, it's around that part of the Bible, somewhere in the middle, and basically, if you're not sure about whether it's for you or not, there's themes that run through the Bible. There's whole themes that run through the book of Proverbs. So it's not necessarily the odd verse, but actually as you go through the book, there are several themes that are repeated. So what we're going to do is rather than look at the book of Proverbs chapter by chapter, we're going to look at some themes. And actually next month we've got quite a few visiting speakers, so the pressure's off me, which is good. Okay, because I perhaps need to learn some wisdom. That's, that's important. So we're going to look at themes and The first theme we're going to look at is this theme. It talks about the fear of the Lord. So the first thing we need to ask is, what is the fear of the Lord? So the fear of the Lord. So if you've got a Bible with you this morning, we're going to look at a few different passages. If you haven't, don't worry, they will come up on the screen. It is great to see people taking notes and things. I find myself, even if I jot things on my phone that I never read again, when I actually take little notes, it helps me remember things. Because actually sometimes I hear it and it's gone. So, well done those people, it's good. But if you've got your Bible, it helps you to find it. You can underline bits that speak to you as we go. So we're going to start off in Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 to 7. I should have checked, you've had these, haven't you, Bikin? Brilliant. I'm the picture. Brilliant, thank you. So, Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 to 7 says this. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. For gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight... For receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair. For giving prudence to those who are simple. I'm simple, so this is a good book to read. Knowledge and discretion to the young. Who thinks they're young this morning? A few people, a few people are a little bit um, delirious, I think is probably the word. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So that's the first key verse we're going to look at. We're going to look at a few more, but let's put that verse back up on it, because we can keep it up there. There we go. If you like our graphics, thank you, Naomi. She does a grand job. I don't like to mention her name because it makes her go red. But uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. If you want for memory verses, there's a good one to remember. It'll help you remember what we're talking about this morning. So if I was to say to you that the fear of the Lord in the first three chapters of this book, it's mentioned four times... In the whole of the book, it's mentioned 14 times. That's like one per every two chapters. It's quite a good ratio. So it's obviously important. So we're going to look at a few times where it says it because the fear of the Lord here is the beginning of wisdom. So who wants to be wise? Fear the Lord. That's what it says. 
Let's look at the end of the first chapter. Verses 28 to 29 says, Then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me. Since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord. So you can see the opposite. They hated knowledge, so they didn't fear the Lord. And any one of you who's new to church, when we sang that song earlier that says Yahweh, Yahweh, that's the name given to God, Yahweh, Yahweh. So the name of the Lord is to be feared. So in the first three chapters, we keep seeing it. It's clearly important. So what is the fear of the Lord? I want to show you a picture of a door decoration you can buy on several websites. So here's a picture, okay? It hangs over your door. They actually have one like this in the Salvation Army. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it made me chuckle. And it's, a, it's a supposed to be a door hanger with a Jesus-type-looking figure going, I saw that. So is that the fear of the Lord? Big Brother is watching you, you know. Um, maybe you think that the fear of watching you is God is watching and he's going to strike you down. I saw that. And every time you do something wrong, Jesus is hovering over the door going, I've just seen that. I saw that. You know, that's not the fear of the Lord. That's not what it's about. Maybe you're living waiting for God to suddenly get you. Maybe you're waiting and thinking God's going to strike me down any minute. You know, we often have people who come into church for different things and maybe they use language that we wouldn't and they go, oh no, oh, where's the thunderbolt? Or I've heard people say, oh, I can't come to church, I'll set on fire. It's like, no, it's a building. The church is the people. You know, people used to play bingo in here. There was no inflamed people, I don't think. I don't think anybody, although the ceiling when we took it over was pretty brown with uh, smoke stains, so who knows? But the best way to know what the fear of God is is to see what the Bible says it is. Because obviously, if it's saying the fear of the God is important, fear of the Lord is important, then it's important to know why. So we're going to look at a few. If you've got something to jot them down, you can do. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 5, the very next chapter says, Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So the fear of the Lord brings you knowledge of God, brings you the wisdom of God. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, in the message, the verse we just read, says this. It might help you to understand that paraphrase. It says, start with God. The first step in learning is bowing down to God. Only fools thumb their noses at such wisdom and learning. So the first step in learning is to worship God. So if you want to know what the fear of the Lord is, we need to worship God. So Hebrew poems have things called parallel phrases. So usually it repeats itself with something that means the same thing. So here in verse 7, it says, fear of the Lord and knowledge of God. It literally means the same thing. So the fear of the Lord is to know God. Yeah? That's the logic in these verses. The fear of the Lord is to know God. That's not as a distant watching punisher who's going, I saw that gonna get you just you wait it's not that it's someone who is to be known and someone who can be acknowledged in every part of our lives that is to know God that is to know God Proverbs chapter 3 verses 7 to 8 say this do not be wise in your own eyes fear the Lord and shun evil there's those two opposites again fear the Lord shun evil they mean the same thing 
Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Who would like healthy bodies and nourished bones? Yeah. Drink milk or you'll only be good enough to play for Achlington Stanley. Okay. So there's a purity that comes in life when we acknowledge God in every area of our lives. There's a, there's a purity, there's a cleansing, there's, there's, a, there's a healing that comes when we acknowledge God in every part of our life, in every area, not just in who we are personally, but in every area that we come to, we acknowledge God. Fear the Lord and turn from evil, from the dark to the light, as Ross said earlier. And you know that lady, I'm going to make sure at some point she shares her story because since she came home from that weekend, she's come to warm hubs and things and she cannot stop telling people about Jesus. So it's not just been, I've made a decision. It's not me clapping, by the way. It's not just me. It's not just been, she's made a decision and that's it. She's gone, yeah, I've got my, I've got my passport signed by, by Jesus. Every day it's making a difference and she's full, of, she's full of it. Absolutely full of it. She can't stop. That's right, isn't it? I'm going to embarrass her. By the way, if anyone wants to get baptised at all, then uh, we'll be having baptisms in the not-too-distant future, hopefully. So, Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13 says this, To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. So to fear the Lord is to hate evil. It's the same thing. The fear of God is to hate evil. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 6, Through, though love, through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Through the fear of the Lord, evil is avoided. So when we fear God, it helps us to avoid evil. You know, if I, this is so simple in some ways, isn't it? If I said, who wants to avoid evil, we'd all put our hands up. So how do we do it? We fear the Lord. We respect God. We'll come to it in a minute. Evil is hated. Evil is avoided. Here's an English lesson. So Francis and Faye, you're going to love it. Okay, it's only a very quick one. What is a synonym Sorry, is that stuff you put on rice pudding? No. That's cinnamon. What's a cinnamon? It's something that means the same thing. So a synonym is something that means the same thing. So close and shut. They are synonyms. Are we all right? You're on your way to English GCSE, everybody. Easy or simple. Well done, Francis. You've got, it's always as if you've read my notes. Okay, hard or, ah, okay, I heard a soft over here, and Francis has obviously been reading my notes because it says difficult in my notes. You know, you find synonyms, where can you find loads of synonyms? Francis, in a thesaurus, who's got a thesaurus these days, anyone? Jeff's got a thesaurus, very good, Francis has got one. Oh, yeah, some of the, I would have I predicted some of those people, but... Um, I once had a really rubbish thesaurus, and it was really rubbish as well. But um, a, I'll, let that, I'll let that one go. I'll say it again, shall I? I had a really rubbish thesaurus, and it was really rubbish as well. Right, okay, I'll move on. I quite like that one. But the fear of the Lord is used as a synonym. The fear of the Lord is used as a synonym, synonym, synonym throughout the Bible. <laughs> 
It's like when we went to Soul Survivor back in the day and one of the people would go to watch the films and he'd say, I'm going to... Oh, no, he'd go to the, the, um, the little groups in the afternoon and he'd always say, I'm going for a seminar, a cinema. I'm like, no, it's a seminar. He's like, no, I'm going for a seminar. I can't even say it wrong. <laughs> I said, do you go to the seminar or the cinema? You know, but hey. But fear of the Lord is used to mean worshipping God, serving God, respecting God. So if you want to know what the fear of the Lord is, it's to worship, to serve, and to respect God. Yeah? It's, it's that simple. The fear of God could be described as this. Here's a definition. The fear of God is a continual awareness of the presence of God and your accountability to him, which affects every attitude and action in your life. I'll say that again because I think that's really what I need to say this morning and I could probably sit down and some of you are thinking, great, we're eight minutes, 50 seconds early. (laughs) The fear of God is a continual awareness of the presence of God and your accountability to him which affects every attitude and action in your life. It isn't, I saw that. It isn't, I'm going to get you. It's none of those things. It's not a cringing, worrying, shaking, nervous, scared attitude. It's an awareness of his presence that steers you. If you still don't get that, I'm going to give you three things that might help you understand it. Three pictures of life. Okay, the first one, when I was doing my A-levels, my bedroom looked out over the drive. And my desk was perfectly positioned next to the window, okay? So, it was brilliant study leave. I wasn't having to go into college. Dad was at work. And the times when my mum went out, guess how much studying I did? Sorry, mum. Guess how much studying I did? Not a lot. Not a lot. Because as soon as my mum went out, probably to Marks and Spencer's, because there was no cost in those days, when my mum went out, it was like, great. Get my book out. I had a Vic 20. I could play kickoff for those of you who are old enough to remember games like that, or football. Um, sensible soccer was the other one. I could get my computer on, be like, hey, play some games. But I couldn't watch telly. Those younger people, you might not understand this. Why could I not watch telly, Marie? Because the old televisions would be warm, and my mum would come into my room <laughs> if she got back, and she would feel the back of the television. And she'd be like, you've been watching the television. (laughs) Now, whatever you like, nobody knows. You have your tablet, everything, it doesn't matter. But actually, I couldn't do those things, and she would come back in. But as soon as my mum's car pulled onto the driveway, guess what I did? I got my books. Well, my books were out, Francis. It would have been a bit silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they were already open. You know, I'm not an amateur at this. (laughs) I'd done GCSEs with the similar sort of mentality but my books were out but I'd put away the things that I shouldn't have been doing because the presence of Patricia (laughs) the fear of Patricia was the beginning of wisdom (laughs) in terms of my A-levels okay so my mum's presence I acknowledged my mum's presence and the fear of Patricia kept me from uh, which kept me from messing around, should I say. Not always, but anyway. But I only applied that fear, that respect, when she was present, yeah? So the fear of the Lord 
The presence of God is the beginning of wisdom. It's that accountability, it's that acknowledging the presence of God at all times. Not because he's going, I've seen you, I'm going to get you. Because actually, when we fear God, we become pure. When we fear God, we become wise. When we fear God, we will receive what we need to receive, yeah? That makes sense? Or maybe you're a driver. Who's a driver today? Who's uh, ever been on a speed awareness course? Okay, well done those who aren't shamed. But, yeah, you should be ashamed of yourself. No, no, that's not right. I've just not been caught, I think, is probably the best way to put it. When you're coming up to speed cameras, what do you see? Red brake lights. Even going usually 10 miles below the speed limit, which really annoys me. It's like, go at the actual speed limit, you'll be fine. Or you see a police car on the, on the motorway. What do you often see? All of a sudden, these BMWs, sorry, BMW drivers, these BMWs have been flying down the outside, so they go, oh, okay. And they then think, oh, I can't overtake this police car, even if the police car is only doing 65 miles an hour. It's like, you can go 70. It's not going to pull you over. But the presence of that speed camera gives you a fear, doesn't it? The, what, what are you laughing at? Tim, what's Tim saying? You were pulled over by a speed camera. Were you? Sorry, everybody. Confession. <laughs> now Tim doesn't worry about police too much. He's the fear of Isabella now. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, that's what you told me at that wedding the other week. Because someone said... Someone said, Tim wouldn't need to leave that early to get to Edinburgh. And then I said, I believe you don't need to leave that early. And he went, oh, no, I do now. I've got Isabella in the car. So, so there you, who'd have thought Tim was a speed driver, eh? It's not safe. Don't do it, okay? So, <laughs> I'm wasting loads of time. Anyway, but for that short time, you are in the presence of the speed camera. You suddenly become aware of what you should and shouldn't do and what's right and actually what's going to keep you out of trouble. You suddenly become aware of what actually is going to keep you safe. Yeah? The fear of the speed camera is the beginning of safety. And the third one is very similar, really. If you've ever had a police car behind you, you might suddenly go into panic mode. Even if you're not doing anything wrong, you might suddenly think, oh, if you're a BMW driver, sorry, BMW drivers, I've got to indicate now. <laughs> Where are they? With a little stick on this side of your wheel, okay? I won't, I'm sorry, BMW drivers, I'm just jealous. But you might suddenly feel watched. You know, if I'm shaking and trembling because there's a police car behind me and I've done nothing wrong, then I've got a really unhealthy relationship with the police. Yeah? Because actually, if there's nothing, you know, if there's nothing wrong, I don't ever feel worried going past a speed camera because, well, when I know where they are, I don't ever feel worried <laughs> about driving past the speed camera because I know what I'm supposed to be doing. So I don't have that fear and trembling of, oh, I might get caught because actually I know what speed I'm supposed to be doing. Tim, you were unlucky, 71 miles an hour. But anyway, I think you should complain. <laughs> but one mile an hour is still above the speed limit. Still breaking the law. Okay. But I wouldn't be afraid, but it's acknowledging the presence of the police car behind me that brings me into think of, I'm safe. If I'm not doing anything wrong, I'm not going to shake and tremble. I'm just aware that the presence is there. 
Yeah? Those three pictures should help us to recognize that in those situations, we conduct ourselves correctly because of the presence. And the fear of God, the presence of God, will help us to be wise, will help us to stay safe, will help us to stay on the right path. The fear of the Lord is not shaking in fear or terrified of what God might do because that implies a really wrong relationship with God. Because God is loving. God cares for you. God wants the best for you. God says, you are my beloved. You are, I delight in you. I've made you. I've seen you before you were even made. I love you. So he's not someone who wants us to tremble in fear before him. He's not a scary father. He's a loving God. But the presence of God and our accountability and acknowledgement of him at all times is the beginning of wisdom. So that is the how we, how, that's what the fear of the Lord is. Does that help? Yeah? When you've heard that phrase maybe before, you've thought, oh, I should be scared. Maybe that's why some people don't come to church. Maybe thinking, oh, I'm scared. But actually, we're a friendly bunch, I think. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7 in the NLT, the verse we read in the New Living Translation, says this. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. So it's a foundation. What is a foundation? A, a base layer. A base layer. Okay? A foundation is the thing that allows everything else to stand. Yeah? If the foundations are right, then the building will remain. If the foundations that you build on are good, that's right, Jeff, isn't it? You're a builder sort of type person. If the foundations are great, that first layer, the thing you're building on, then everything else is okay. If your foundations aren't right, your building might look good, but it could come tumbling down. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of knowledge. It's crucial you know, someone described Sir Isaac Newton. You know Sir Isaac Newton, bloke with the apple? No, not William Tell's son. That was a different bloke with an apple. The one who discovered gravity. It was there before, but he discovered it. Sir Isaac Newton and other scientists of his time is described as having foundations of God. Scientists, they built their faith and their belief and their trust in the God who created everything. They all attributed or acknowledged God in their discovery of gravity, of physics, of maths. They acknowledged God and his presence for the reason why they could make their discoveries. In fact, Sir Isaac Newton himself once said that there was enough evidence of God in his thumbprint, I think it was, for him to believe in, in the creator. Isaac Newton, Sir Isaac Newton, clever man, there is more evidence in my thumbprint than I need to acknowledge God, okay? So that is important. Proverbs chapter three, verses five to eight say this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him or acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. 
Who can tell me what was big about the year 1991? Anyone? 1991? Anything big? Anything you remember? Sorry? No, no, no. It was the year that Brian Adams was at number one in the UK singles charts for 16 straight weeks. And it's still a record that is not beaten. So that's pretty big. Sorry for those who thought it was the Berlin Wall. No, that wasn't that important. It's all right, guy. It was a trick question, really. His song was called Everything I Do, I Do It For You. And that message rang out across the radio over and over and over and over and over again. Stopped one of my favorite bands getting a number one. And then they got stopped the next time by Wet Wet Wet. They couldn't win. Wet 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 Love is all around. I think it was about 14 weeks, I think. But anyway, in everything we do, he should have an impact. Everything we do, we should do it for him. Not for you, for him. Look into my eyes now where it starts. <laughs> Do you know, Christianity isn't coming to church once or twice a week. Christianity isn't just turning up for a couple of hours on a Sunday, listening to a few songs, singing a few songs, listening to me go on and on and on and on and on like Brian Adams, and then going home. Because that's just religion. Christianity is building on foundations. You know, it isn't just saying a prayer like somebody did a few weeks ago and then that's it. It is about every day saying it's affecting my life. Every day saying I need to tell people about this. It's amazing. I need to share this good news with people. It isn't about just saying a prayer and getting baptized and that's your, that's your job done. Jesus himself said you've got to pick up your cross daily. It's an everyday thing. In the Psalms, it says his mercies are new every morning. So every morning, we can start afresh with him. Every morning, we can start again and be merciful and gracious. You know, if your faith has no effect on the rest of your week, then you're not fearing God and you're not acknowledging him in all your ways. That's what it says. It's not what Johnny Harrison says. It's what the Bible says. If it's not impacting your everyday living, then it should affect. It should affect how we run our business in right ways. It should affect how we are with our family and our parents. It should affect how we are in our leisure time. It should affect how we are with our employees and our employers. It should affect how we interact with everyone and anyone. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and in all your ways acknowledge him. It applies to our family the book of Proverbs applies to our relationships, our marriages, our work, our leisure, our money, our spending. We aren't to have a church frame of mind on a Sunday and a world frame of mind the rest of the week. We're to have a God frame of mind at all times. In all your ways, acknowledge him. You know, we've just finished the book of Ruth. Look at the attitude of Ruth and Boaz from the last few weeks. Your God will be my God. Where you go, I will go. That's Ruth's attitude. That's acknowledging God in all her ways. Boaz gave the opportunity to someone else. He was humble. He was merciful. He was kind. He acknowledged God, and he knew that did everything the right way to redeem Ruth. So as we finish, it's no good us trying to just be good in our own strength for a couple of hours on a Sunday. Coming into this building will not make you holy. It used to make people maybe win a bit of money, 
or watch a film, but it's just a building. Sitting amongst these people won't make you holy. It might make you worse, to be fair, because we're people. But coming into the presence of God daily and acknowledging him in all our ways will make a difference. And today, we can acknowledge him in all situations because we can be redeemed and rescued from sin and death. How do we acknowledge him? Romans 10 verse 9 says this. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, in other words, he's God, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will start to walk in the presence of God daily. That's what was happening the other week. If we acknowledge him with our mouths and in our hearts, then we can continue to acknowledge him every day and be saved. Let's pray. The band can come up. service and during the service and there's a couple of little things that might be relevant for you one of them is if you're living in the darkness with your mental health then step out into the light and come and meet Jesus who's the breaker of chains if that's you if you're struggling with those areas there's no shame you don't have to tell them that that's you you just say I'd want prayer and that's all they need to know unless you want to tell them go for prayer another one that Jesus seated amongst those who are mums and, and have babies and wants to bless you. If you're a mum and struggling maybe, or you're going to be a mum and struggling, then maybe go for prayer this morning because he wants to bless you. But if you aren't a Christian this morning, if you've not had that acknowledging of Jesus in your life, then go and say to somebody in the prayer team, can you lead me? Can you show me what I need to do? How do I acknowledge him? And they will just take you through a simple step that starts the journey of every day, acknowledging him. So Father God, I pray this morning for your word. I pray, Lord, that you will take away any of my silliness and pray that you will help people to understand that the fear of the Lord is just knowing your presence. And actually, as we do those things, we become wise, we resist evil, and we become people with a story to tell that others want and need to hear. Father God, I thank you. And we ask that you bless us with your presence daily as you promise. In Jesus' name, amen.